0: if you've ever truly experienced flow you know there's nothing quite like it it's been referred to as the optimal state of consciousness if you're a writer words just flow if you're a singer you lose yourself in your music if you're a dancer you lose yourself in your body if you're an entrepreneur you're solving problems if you're a public speaker information just comes out of you and you channel it So in this episode, we're going to talk about how to access your creativity by accessing your flow states. And to do that, we are bringing back expert Stephen Kotler. Stephen first keynoted at our Brain Conference back in 2011. He is the director of the Flow Genome Project, bestselling author of Rise of Superman and Stealing Fire. If you haven't yet listened to our previous episode with Stephen, I recommend you do that first. It's absolutely important. Now, we're going to start with what gets in the way of flow. Because it's more of a reductionist approach where it's not always adding new things to making a transformation, but really getting out of our own way. Because I believe that subtraction equals multiplication, that when you subtract things out of your life, uh, you actually multiply your life. So subtraction equals multiplication. And then we're going to go into how to hack creativity and go over the stages of accessing flow states and so much more so you can get into that creative zone. So enjoy this episode. So what are the big things that keep people or that, that, um, that hampers flow states? Are there, are there certain things that people are doing, habits, lifestyle, anything that knocks them out of flow or keeps them from accessing those states?
1: Well, I think... You know, we talked a lot about focus is something that's plastic. You've got to train it, right? Even if it's mindfulness, breath, or whatever it is, you've got to train it all the time. So inability to train focus, right? An unwillingness to do it. I don't care how you do it, but that is one. The other thing that is really critical is flow exists kind of near, not on, but near. If I were talking about it emotionally, the flow channel is between Boredom and anxiety. Boredom is, hey, there's not enough stimulation here, so I'm not paying a lot of attention. Anxiety, whoa, wait, too much. I'm paying too much attention. In between is this sweet spot, right? It's the flow channel. And we've tried to measure it. Other people have tried to measure it. Chick sent me high, and a Google mathematician came up with four percent as the average gradient difference between challenge and skills, wow. boredom and anxiety, right? Like, so we focus best at tasks where the task is. greater. The challenge is 4% greater than our skill set. So interestingly, 4% is right outside your comfort zone. So you're a little edgy, right? Neurobiologically, you would have a little bit of cortisol and norepinephrine in your system, right? It'll help you pay attention. Norepinephrine is it's anxiety basically, right? So too much anxiety, too much fear blocks flow little bit is healthy, too much is a problem, and the difficulty with that is we are constantly being bombarded by negative stimuli, by things that are scary. The brain, in general, depends on how you're wired, but you will take in six to nine negatives for every one positive that you take in, right? Because we gather, depends on who whose numbers you take, but the most current numbers that we take, our senses gather 400 billion inputs of data a second right the vast majority of that data first stop it goes to is the amygdala the danger detector right this is basic safety and survival things we will focus on the negative so you're grabbing all this it's knocking you off it's adding anxiety if the news is making it worse if it bleeds it leads so i think like one of the things that i think is useful is i only get my news from the economist and the new scientist that's it you know, a lot of people like restrict your news to like someplace where there's the least amount of bias, the clearest information, and you limit you. This is what I'm. This is how I'm interfacing with the world this week, and you limit it because otherwise, that anxiety is just going to build in at a low-grade level, and it's going to be harder to get into flow. So I think monitoring anxiety, which is another reason that you know mindfulness, breath work, all that stuff is is useful because it down regulates the nervous system a little bit. It gets you that one second before the emotion sort of grabs hold of you. You can look at it and you go, Oh wow, that's that. That's a lot of fear. I'm not going to plug into that right now. I'm going to pass on that, thank you very much, right? You start getting better at that, and as a result, the emotions don't hijack you out of flow, and you can focus more. So it's, again, these these are focusing things. Like, focus is about training focus, it's also about managing fear, and learning how to manage anxiety, and understanding that, you know, a little bit of that stuff, neurobiologically, neurochemically, it's good, it'll help you focus, it's great, these are focusing drugs, we're designed for that, too much of it, and you've just, you know, you're into anxiety. The final thing I'll say on that is that has very powerful downstream consequences for high performance and what I mean by that is the more anxiety in the system, the smaller the database searched by the pattern recognition system. So what I mean by that is creativity, for example, requires the brain to make very far-flung connections to link together ideas from all kinds of neurons all over the place, right? So if you look at chronic anxiety in a brain under fMRI, right? Where your thoughts are spiraling. Well, it looks the same as OCD. OCD is what happens when your thoughts hey. move in a circle. It's a very tight chain. And this thought leads to, this thought leads to, this thought leads to, I must wash my hands, right? Like it's a circle. Anxiety does the same thing in the brain. And the tighter that circle is, the more anxiety there is, the less creative the brain can be. It can't make those far-flung connections. So besides training down anxiety a little bit, you know, making it really great for flow, it the downstream benefit is also amplifies creativity.
0: So can you actually hack your creativity? If you have somebody suffering from writer's block or some kind of block, mental block where they need to be creative and expressive, is there a way, what would you say to the person who's listening right now who needs to be in that more creative flow state?
1: Well the first question you have to ask, I think, is how strong of an intervention is required, right? Like you were talking about writer's block. Well, if, has it lasted a, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, right? Like where are you in that chain of suffering and misery? Um, but, I, you know, usually when you're really stuck, you get stuck for a number of reasons. Number one, when people are stuck, it's often they haven't done enough research, they mm-hmm. don't know enough, so their brain isn't actually making the connections they need it to make. And it may feel like they know enough to start writing, but they, they actually really actually need to feed the system. And, and what you need to do is just go to the library and read some more books, mm-hmm. right? I tend to think there are a number of root causes. One is you haven't done enough research. Often, because, and this is because of how the brain works, the brain's a storytelling machine, right? Mm-hmm. But it needs to know the start and it needs to know the ending before it can, the brain can fill in the middle. Right? But you so I always say that if I'm lost in my writing or I'm stuck or I'm writing poorly, right? I haven't done enough research. I don't know my starts and my endings very well, right? You need to know limits are really useful to creativity. It's not the goal isn't to think outside the box. The goal is to figure out what the box is and be as excellent as you can inside mm-hmm. that box. Um, mm-hmm. So I think with writer's block, not knowing where your starts and your endings are, not having done enough research, I also think, not having found the right voice, the right style to write in for what you're trying to do. So, you know, I always like to have, whenever I write a book, I like to have one writer, one other outside writer whose books I like that we're like, Their book feels sort of like my book. So it's not that I'm stealing. What I'm stealing is the emotion, the somatic address of that other book. Mm -hmm. So I can like, for example, when I was writing West of Jesus, I was reading a lot of Joan Didion. And so I would use, I would just read her stuff in the morning to prime my brain to find the emotional spot. So I, I often think with writing, like everything you're writing has a somatic address. It has a way, you have to ask yourself the question of how do I want this thing that I'm writing to make my reader feel? And that's how you have to find that somatic address. So, starts, endings, not enough research and, you know, what is the somatic address of this piece and mm-hmm. what is the style that conveys that best? Those, those, those are the four things I look for when I'm stuck on writing. And if those kinds of practical tips, like that's not working, right, that like you have tried all the kung fu and it's still not mm-hmm. working, you have to reset the system. Right? Like, so we know flow is a four-stage cycle. It's a peak state, which is stage three, but there's a struggle phase on the front end. It's a loading phase. You're loading the brain with information, right? And then there's the next phase is a release phase. You have to take your mind off the situation. So if you're looking for daily flow, right? Sometimes low-grade physical exercise is really great for that. So it's not your workout. It's like I'm going for a long hike Mm -hmm. so I can just quiet my brain a little bit um, and get into that space. But that's if it's been a couple days worth of, right? So if you need a radical intervention, go skydiving. You want to physically forcibly change your state. The biggest problem that we have, for example, with creativity is creativity and study after study after study is insanely difficult to train, yeah. right? Most a lot of people don't even believe it's trainable. And the reason is we keep trying to train up a skill. What we need to be doing is training up a state of mind. Hmm. Right. creativity is a way, it, you know, it's a bunch of different styles. You can be logically creative, you can be whatever, but there's, there's styles of thinking, but they involve shifting your state. You can't really maximize it without shifting state. So there's no skills you can learn until you can learn to control your consciousness a little.
0: Does that make sense? It does. And what are the, what's the rest of the, um, the stages of flow? So the third stage, of course, is the flow state cycle mm-hmm. itself, right?
1: On the back end, there's a recovery phase. Mm -hmm. Flow is energy expensive, right? Certain neurochemicals get released. They take food and rest and vitamins and minerals and sunlight. As a matter of fact, like if you're expending serotonin, you need B vitamins, Mm -hmm. right? You need sunlight to get more of that. So there's a recovery phase and it's really if you want to maximize flow in your life, like you would start training focus on one end. And I actually put it together. So at the end of every day, I have an infrared sauna in my house. I like infrared because you can sit in the sauna for longer. You can be in there for an hour, right? Mm -hmm. it's not going to totally burn you out. So what I do is on the front end of that hour, I do 20 minutes of breath work when I get into the sauna, right? Essentially, I do box breathing for about 12 minutes. I follow it with a three-minute breath of fire, and then I have a five-minute Vipassana thing I do at the end. Vipassana is better for creativity than focus meditation, right? Open awareness is better Mm -hmm. for creativity, so I do it that way. Um, So I'm using my, my, you know, focus training is tucked
0: inside my recovery thing. Could you explain that for those 30 seconds for people who aren't familiar with that process?
1: Breath of Fire is just,
0: you know, find it on the internet and learn how to do it.
1: You know, you're basically using your gut, your lower abdomen as a bellows. Right. That's very so fast breathing. It's very fast breathing. Um, it's almost hyperventilating, but because you're not focusing on your breath, you're actually just focusing. You're trying to exhale as hard as possible. And the inhale mm-hmm. happens automatically, pretty easy. Box breathing, it's called box breathing because there's four sides to it, right? So on the first side of the box, you inhale for five seconds and then second side is you hold your breath for five seconds and then you exhale for five seconds and you hold your breath with the air out of your lungs for five seconds. Right? I like to do it. I like to start at five seconds and do three rounds of five. Then I go to six, seven, eight, nine, I go up to 12 Um, and it gets more challenging as you go up. So there's sort of a game that's built in and the game is don't panic Right? (laughs) in a sense that's the game you're playing with yourself. which is really good. Box breathing is very effective both in training up focus and also because when you exhale all the air from your lungs and try to hold your breath, your body will automatically, once it's above seven seconds, it'll trigger the fight or flight response. Right, it's automatic. Mm-hmm. You know, as you get better at this, it'll be 8 seconds or 9 seconds, but whatever. Sooner or later, you're going to be in panic mode. And one of the things that's great for training flow is taking all that energy that is panic, right? It's a lot of norepinephrine. It's a lot of cortisol. You can use it to focus. It's also, those are focusing drugs, right? So instead of riding the panic, you can turn that energy into focus and go right into flow. Action adventure sport athletes do this all the time. They get very very good at taking the oh my god I'm so scared adrenaline rush and turning it immediately into hyper focus, mm. um, right? Um, which is also really beneficial because you then you don't get too much cortisol, too much norepinephrine. It's not as hard on your your adrenals and the
0: rest of your system. I think I do that when I um, public speaking. The nerves are definitely there, and, but then once I get on stage, that energy gets transferred. It's in a totally different state. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Do you have questions about creativity and flow? I want you to do this. Post your questions and your big ahas on social media. Share screenshots of the show. Tag both Stephen and myself, and I will have Stephen back to answer your burning questions. You could also post them in our private Facebook group. So just go on Facebook and search Quick Brain Podcast. And if you'd like to go deep into creativity, I invite you to join our Quick Thinking program. It is the ultimate program on focus decision making, problem solving, and creativity. And so you could just go to quick thinking, that's kwikthinking.com, and there you'll find a very special rate exclusive to our quick brain listeners. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new quick brain accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's K W I. I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our quick success program. This is our monthly lives that I do where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions, and also we have